Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Again, and that salvation is found in no other name. That's what we mean when we say the faith. So when you read the faith, when I say the faith this morning, that's what we're talking about. And as we look at this passage, we're going to see that every believer in Jesus actually has a responsibility to contend for this faith. Who is Jesus? What did he do? Why does it matter? So let's read verses 3 to 4 of the book of Jude. He says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation... I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So Jude, originally intended to write a letter of encouragement. I'm going to explain the glorious truth of the salvation. I'm going to build you guys up. But then, guided by the Holy Spirit, he found it necessary to sound the alarm, so to speak. Hey church, wake up! Watch out! Something is not right. He says, I'm appealing to you to contend for the faith. I'm urging you. I'm trying to motivate you. I'm trying to wake you guys up here. There is a fight that you need to fight. You need to contend for the faith. You might say, why? Why do we need to fight? Why did this church need to fight? Why does our church need to fight? Well, he kind of gives the answer in verse 4. Certain people have crept in unnoticed, these ungodly people. They're perverting the grace of God into sensuality, and they're denying our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So false teachers had made their way into this church perverting the grace of God. They're denying Jesus, either by their teaching or by their actions or both. The bottom line is that the teaching about Jesus is getting twisted. There's error, there's falsehood, and it needs to be dealt with. And the reality is that false teaching and false teachers is something that every single church is going to be faced with. We have to be on guard. We have to be willing to fight. We've got to stand and we've got to preserve the truth, the purity of the faith. So, before we move on, just want to make sure that we're clear this morning. We understand why we need to fight. We understand the stakes here, that, that the, the gospel, the truth about Jesus, like it really matters if this is understood correctly or not. We understand the why. We're good on that. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So now we're going to talk about how, the how. How do we contend for the faith? I'm going to share just three ways with you this morning that demonstrate how we contend for the faith. And the first is that we contend for the faith by learning the Word of God. We contend for the faith by learning the Word of God. See, truth is the best weapon against falsehood. And the Bible is true. It is the very words of God. It is truth. And so learning the Word of God is going to help us contend for the faith. I mean, if, we, if you want to fight for the faith, you, you've got to know what the faith is. And if you want to know what the faith is, you've got to read this book because it lays it out very clearly. We've got to know the truth. False teachers are always going to be a threat. 
until Jesus returns. Uh, Peter warned us about these. 2 Peter 2, verse 1, says, False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master. Sound familiar? Who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. Sound familiar? Because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. So Peter gave a warning in Second Peter. John gave a warning in 1 John 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, holding to the truth of the faith, is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Even Jesus himself in Matthew 7, 15 and 16, he gave the warning. He says, watch out for false prophets. Hey, they look like sheep. They look like innocent, nice sheep, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Watch out. You'll know them by their fruits. So, we must take the time to immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word. If we're ever going to be able to recognize the falsehood and error that comes our way. It's really difficult to fight falsehood if you don't know what's true. And I'm sorry to say there's no shortcuts. Learning the word of God is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. It's going to take discipline. You can't magically absorb what's in this book just by looking at the cover. You have to open it. You've got to put in the effort. And when I think about effort, my mind is immediately drawn to sports. And I think about the effort, the time, the training that athletes put in for their sports. And whatever sport it is, bottom line, for a game. For a game. The dedication that they have for a game that ultimately doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if the Leafs ever win a cup ever again. Like, it doesn't. Sorry. In the realm of eternity, it doesn't really matter. Right? Or think about uh, actors. The type of training and exercise. Some of them will work out and they'll get so huge to play a role in a movie. To, to do fake fighting for a movie. Again, it doesn't really matter, but the effort that they put in, and when I think about that, the discipline, the training, I get convicted in my own heart and soul about the training that I do. How much effort do I put in for a real fight that has eternal consequences? Like it really, really matters if people know the truth about Jesus. Really matters. And that's why we're committed to being a church that prioritizes strong teaching from the Word of God every week. We do our best to do that and to, to teach you the Word. And so I'm asking you up here to please learn the Word. Learn the Word. Get a reading plan if you don't have one. There's lots out there. Join a small group or a Bible study. 
Like we shared, the, the Philippians study coming up this Wednesday night for guys. That's going to be fantastic. Buy a devotional book or another book that can help you understand the Bible. Download apps. Install software in your computer. There's so many tools available. Never before in history have we had such an opportunity to learn the Word. Take advantage of it. When, when you come on a Sunday morning, come ready to listen, like to actively listen and to absorb what's being taught. Take notes. Whether the sermon notes provided or your own notes, journal. Talk about the sermon at, at lunch, whether that's home or Swiss Chalet or whatever it is. Just talk. Hey, what did you think about that? What did you think about that? Right? Well, let's read that passage again. Put in the effort. Learning the Word. That's the first way we contend for the faith. The second is that we contend for the faith by pursuing godliness. By pursuing godliness. So learning the word, but then doing the word. Right? Back to verse 4 of Jude here. He calls these people ungodly. He says they're perverting the grace of God into sensuality and they're denying the Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So what was happening, most likely, is these ungodly false teachers were using the teaching of grace and forgiveness that's in the gospel as an excuse for sinful living. It's not a new idea. It's been around for a long time and it kind of surfaces up and down all over the place. This idea that, well, since Jesus paid it all on the cross, he paid for all the sin, then we can just live however we want and indulge in sin because he already paid for it. Well, this clearly goes against the teaching of Scripture. In Romans chapter 6, Paul's talking about basically the same issue. Romans 6 verse 1, he says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Are we to keep sinning so there's more grace? What's his answer? Verse 2. By no means! Exclamation point. No! How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in sensuality and sinfulness. No, we too may walk in newness of life, a new life, a godly life. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Run away from sin. Now that Jesus has forgiven you, run away from sin. Don't run back into sin. Run to Him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So therefore, do whatever you want. So glorify God in your body. Grace, <clears throat> excuse me, grace is not a license to sin. That's right. Forgiveness of sin and learning to live a new life for Him. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. 
And so now we contend for the faith by pursuing godliness. We look at sin and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we say no to sin. We say yes to righteousness. Yes to holiness. Not only, again, learning the Word of God, but now putting it into practice and doing it. Unlike those false teachers that Jude is referencing, we deny ourselves. We deny ourselves and we follow Jesus. And we grow in godliness bit by bit. And so that leads to honoring Jesus. Instead of denying the Master, instead of denying the Lord, we honor Him with our lives and we show the world that Jesus changes lives. That's how we contend for the faith. And so a simple question that can help us as we try to pursue godliness is this. Is what I'm about to do or what I'm about to say, or what I'm about to watch, is this going to be helpful? Is it going to help my relationship with God, or is it going to hinder it? You can just ask that. Whatever I'm about to do, is this going to help my relationship with God, or is this going to hinder it? Right? That can be a really helpful question to ask. It can be really, um, again, just really helpful when we think about the choices that we make. And by the way, just as a bonus... Reading the Bible is something that's always going to be helpful in your relationship with God. Amen. Amen. And so we contend for the faith by learning the Word of God. We contend for the faith by pursuing godliness. And those two go together and they lead us into the third way. The third way we contend for the faith is that we need to contend for the faith together. Together. Verse 3 again of Jude, he says, Beloved, I'm writing to you. He's writing to a church. Beloved, you are God's dearly loved ones. Group of believers in Jesus. God loves you so much. You are a church. You've got to do this together. His appeal is to everybody. Every single one of you. Get up into this fight. We need all of you. He says, don't go it alone. And if you're here today, don't go it alone. Don't try to be a lone wolf following Jesus. Lean on each other. Support each other. Teach each other. Pray with each other. And follow Jesus together. Christianity isn't a solo sport like downhill skiing or the 100 meter dash. It's more like a long distance team sport. Maybe like uh, four man rowing. As a team, you're, you get in your boat. You work hard, you train, and, and you have to pace yourselves, but yet you also have to push each other. Let's keep going, let's keep going. And you're striving, sometimes even agonizing. This is really hard right now. Keep going, keep going, keep rowing. That's why we need each other. Because I don't know if you're like me at all, probably because you're a human. When it gets hard, we're tempted to be like, no, I'm done. But if you're with a team of people, no, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep rowing. And maybe... One of the rowers slips up a little bit, makes a mistake, gets out of sync, and they miss a stroke or two. They bobble it. They mess it up. So then the others, what do they got to do? They have to compensate. They work a little bit harder at that moment. They don't give up. They don't throw in the towel, and they don't throw that guy into the water. <laughs> Say, hey, you know what? I missed a stroke last time. Keep going. Keep going. They keep 
growing because we're working together for a common goal to finish the race. So we work together as a church. We need each other. So what does it look like for us, the gathering, to contend for the faith together? There's four banners on the wall over here. You may have seen them. You may have heard us talk about them before. This strategy for life change, this pathway for discipleship. You know what it looks like to contend for the faith? It looks like a church encouraging one another to love God more and to love others more. Us meeting together to grow in our faith, to add knowledge to our faith. It means committing to serve together. Okay, I'm going to use my gifts. I'm going to use my talents for the good of the church and for the glory of God, not just for myself. And it means committing to multiply, to multiply disciples, to share the gospel Multiply ministries, multiply small groups, and Lord willing, multiply churches. We contend for the faith by focusing on these things and doing these things together. And I say, okay, that's great. How else? How else do we contend for the faith as a church? Sunday morning, here, right now, we have sung songs that declare the truth of the faith. Who is Jesus? What has he done? Look at how great he is. We are contending for the faith by declaring that truth. Or communion. We contend for the faith by remembering, as a church, by remembering the death of Jesus, the sacrifice that he did for us, and by proclaiming his death until he comes again. We're holding to the truth. And even partnership. Receiving partners. Having individuals stand up. People who have gone through a process and say, this is what the gathering believes. This is what they uh, believe about Jesus, about God, about the Bible. Okay. I'm all in. I'm committed to that too. They teach the true faith. I'm in with the true true faith. I may not always get it right, But as a partner, you can count on me in this fight. And that's what we've done this morning. And it's been an incredible morning. And we're hoping to continue to have incredible services, incredible mornings, and have more ministries and more partners join the team. And we've looked at these three ways that we can contend for the faith. I hope you, again, I hope you've been encouraged. Encouraged to learn the word of God. Even today, go home and say, man, I haven't opened this in a while. Today, start. It really matters. Encourage to pursue godliness even more. And please, again, be encouraged. Don't try to do this alone. Lean on the church. Lean on the church. You're not alone. Look around. You're not alone. We're in this fight together. We're in this fight together. Let me pray for us. Father God, there is a fight worth fighting. You have called us to contend for the truth. There's always going to be the struggle against false teaching, 
And Lord, right now I pray that your spirit would work in each one of our hearts. Give us a desire, give us a motivation to want to know you, to want to study your word, to contend for this faith. And help us to do it together. Give us a a fresh spirit of unity. And help us, help us to grow. Father, we need you. We need you in this fight. We need each other, but most of all, we need you. We thank you so much. We thank you so much for this service. We thank you so much that you love us, that you help us in this fight. Go with us today and this week. May we open up your word. May we discover the truth and may we fight for it. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.